time for question of the Thanks for stopping by for question of the Question of the week. Question of the week. Hello. There he is. Hey, buddy. So I guess we can uh, kick these shenanigans off. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So do you want to give a quick kind of rundown of what question of the week is? Yes, absolutely. Um, okay. What, what is it supposed to be? What could it be? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, ideally going forward, like and th- this week, just because we've you know just started this thing, like ideally we'll get actual questions from actual people and work those in. Um, but it's, it's more to answer the questions that we can't, you know, because within the context of the podcast itself, you know, you and I are essentially playing characters, and, yeah. you know, so we can't break the fourth wall. Um, otherwise we'd be doing that every like 30 seconds. Um, okay. So it's a good opportunity to just kind of um, do something a little more extemporaneous and uh, yeah, just kind of guide people through what we're thinking on, you know, various decisions we make within universe yeah yeah we can't quite jim halpert our way into this no absolutely not yeah <laughs> this is yeah there, there won't be any like knowing looks at the camera and we don't really have that option no. um, yeah. we we can nudge and wink as much as we want and we will just because you know there's so many things within the fifa world that are just you know, patently ridiculous but so many. yeah it's it's hard when you're bound by the medium um and by, like I said, like playing a character. Yeah, that makes sense. That sounds good. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it's also a, a chance for us to interact with all like six or seven people that listen to this every week. Yes. So for yes. them to have a little bit of ownership of the show as well. Hey, we have like 20. <laughs> yeah, we're averaging like 30. So hopefully that goes up. We will, we will take that. Yeah. Um, so... Let's see, what, what started all of this just madness? I don't, it was honestly, how how was this idea birthed? (laughs) uh, Lots of boredom during quarantine. I think would probably be the best answer to that. Cause I mean, like as long as you and I have known each other, which is years at this point um, and FIFA has always been a part of that. And we've, and I, I think you and I are similar in that, like we play FIFA because it's fun, but also like it's fun to like create universes and tell stories within the game. And so finally I just had a realization that, and there's a lot of like YouTube content available in this department already mm-hmm. uh, about like roads, roads to glory. And, you know, people will take over like Macclesfield town and get them all the way up to the champions. League, and I think that's amazing. Um, <laughs> I, I thought it was an, interesting opportunity to fill a space uh, in podcast world just because you know FIFA is a, a visual medium but we could just take the story itself out and tell it that way and I just thought it would be really funny if we acted like we took it really seriously <laughs> like yeah. if yeah. we just played it completely straight and yeah. didn't you know lean into the fact that it's a video game like no this is we're, we're taking this super seriously yeah. there are there are hundreds hundreds and thousands of journalists covering us. And, uh, you know, we're uh, the big money takeover. And it's just, it's all such a beautiful circus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and like, you know, you and I are big Premier League fans. So like, we, we see this, you know, we see that circus play out 
every week uh, in real time and just being able to um, satirize that, I think it's really fun and, and take some of the ridiculousness of um, all of the pomp and circumstance that surrounds the Premier League and you know, make fun of it a little bit and in a loving way. Like This is all very, um, yeah. something that we care about very deeply, probably a little too much, um, mm-hmm. but it's still fun to yeah. poke fun at some of the inconsistencies. Yeah, sometimes that's the only way to, I don't know, deal with your club being ninth in the table. Mm-hmm. Worst place in my entire lifetime. Yeah, so I feel like we should just go ahead and address this. Like, David, you are an actual Arsenal fan. Like, you're the real deal. Uh, so the the funny thing is, I originally, I was a hardcore bandwagoner. Mm-hmm. Because I hopped on, basically, the first season I watched was the final season at the Emirates. Right. Which was... Mm-hmm. Or five or Highbury, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Final season at Highbury, yeah. And we had those horrible burgundy jerseys that yeah. I think a lot of people liked, but I kind of hot take did not. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's where it all started. First game I watched was uh, this. Uh, I forget who we were playing, but Robin Van Persie scored two goals in a late mm-hmm. substitute appearance. Yeah. And I was hooked ever since then. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the rest is history. And now yeah. the last decade has just been a cycle of hope, a few good things, then a few bad things, and then a point where you can, don't think it's going to get any worse or could get any worse, and then yeah. it does. And mm-hmm. then it just cycles back around and it's hope. Right. Yeah, it's just a cycle. Yeah. <laughs> With a few UFA Cup wins. <laughs> Going back to the Burgundy jersey, I am not, not a fan of those jerseys either. Like, I think Arsenal has a really good red. Like, why would you venture away from yeah. that red? This is just good color scheme. Like, you're not quite fire engine red, about the same you know, color as these curtains back here. Um, and then dark blue and white. It's just gorgeous. Why would you uh, deviate from that? But I know it, it particularly at the end of that era, the players wearing those bad jerseys were really good. Yes. So and that just that's how it happens sometimes. Like you you're not paying attention and then when you start paying attention, you know, for whatever reason, players on a specific team attract you and then you're hooked. I get yeah. that. Yeah. So and yeah, if your fandom goes back fifteen years, I don't think we can fully throw you in the bandwagon category. Like if we were <laughs> if you're if you're a twenty seventeen Man City fan, like yeah, like we're we're gonna chuck you in there. Um <laughs> or you know, you know, Liverpool now, like probably not uh selected with a whole lot of dis- discretion not very discriminatory with that yeah uh, but yeah that's just wanted to get that out of the way I, i'm not an arsenal fan uh, which i'm sure we'll cover at a later date <laughs> but um yeah and i guess that, that you know bleeds into the question of why did we choose arsenal to do this career mode with and i, I would yeah i want to toss that to you yeah um so I, myself, after we established the idea, because we established the idea first, I think, Um, but uh, you may have presented it to me with Arsenal in mind, um, or even in name when you sent, Mm -hmm. when you asked me, but uh, I, I was pretty open to, you know, whatever you had in mind, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I always gravitate towards England you know, in terms of who 
I start my career modes with. But lately I've kind of been deviating from that because I've, I've gotten kind of burned out on <laughs> doing the whole Macclesfield town deal. Yeah, you can only run that back so many times. And, yes. and there's only so many fun Premier League teams. Like my, mine, a big one for me is Everton. Like every single FIFA that comes out, like I'm going to have one career mode with Everton because they're just on that fringe of like, they have enough money where it's not just going to be like, you know, pulling your eyeballs out of your sockets, but it's also like, you don't feel quite as guilty. You know, to, yeah. And if yeah. you go in Manchester United your first week, like, you know, that's going to be a very easy career mode. You want a little bit of difficulty and a little bit of that, you know, like bringing up the little guy into the upper echelons of world football. Yeah. So naturally we decided to bring up the little guy and went with Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Christ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mid-table side arsenal. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I, I remember talking to you about this initially, and you were like, are you sure? Well, yeah, because Arsenal, to me, the opportunity to tell a good story was there. Cause that, that's always what I wanted to prioritize with this, was yeah. telling something that would be entertaining. And, like, as far as Arsenal goes, there's no more entertaining team for a number of reasons, not just because of the football that they play, you know, we're not, not in the same way that Man City are entertaining. Um, but even the 10 minute stretch in the game against Tottenham, you had Lacazette just like breaking the goal down. Um, and then not even a few possessions later, you had Kolasinac passing it back to David Luiz and completely missing, which led to the Sun goal. So it's whenever you watch an Arsenal match, especially in this particular area, like it's, it's going to be fun and probably not for the, the reasons that you want them to be, but, uh, for the neutral. <laughs> yes. For the neutral is outstanding. I think that was really the mindset behind it. And I also just love youth players and Arsenal at the moment have just this amazing core of young guys, even Kedia, Reese Nelson, um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles that we could grow because that's that's part of the career mode thing is taking young guys and turn them into superstars and then you, you feel that sense of ownership of like yeah. you know i help these guys get where they are so yeah there, there was that and also enough money to where it wouldn't be just agony every transfer window we went through and trying to figure out the loan thing or scraping together enough money to make one signing Sunderland till I die our way up to the Premier League. Yeah, no, that would be awful. <laughs> like, so Sunderland till I die is, is, is amazing, but you know, it's, it's awful to watch. It just tears your emotions apart, mm-hmm. uh, especially during the quarantine times. We can only bear so much genuine human sadness. I laughed and I cried. It's, it's yeah. a genuine experience when yeah. I'm watching an Arsenal game. It's just yeah. like, it's just utter, like, <sighs> Like I can't even describe like the describe like the kinship I feel with the club when I watch, mm-hmm. more so when I watched you know us play under Wenger. Um, yeah. But you know, over the last few weeks we've kind of seen at least some some kind of identity. Maybe not you know playing that beautiful beautiful soccer. Um, yeah. But like, there's also the other side of the coin where you see us making such boneheaded mistakes and you just want to punch something. This has turned into a, uh, <laughs> a, a, a therapy session for yeah. me as an Arsenal fan, but uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> it's a, it's a very real thing. Yeah. Um, I came in on the tail end of the good old days. So, I mean, I, I kind of have a taste 
for the good old days, but I was like a teenager. So yeah, I don't remember a ton of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I think part of what makes this fun, like this FIFA experience is like just the, the difference between the storylines IRL and like how things are developing within our little universe. Um, and part of that is just like how FIFA works, but you know, like in real life you have Rob Holding stepping up in the last couple of weeks and being one of the genuine bright spots like of uh, specifically Arsenal's defense. But then like you get into FIFA and like that emotional attachment to somebody like Rob Holding, Grant Xhaka, like it's, realistically and this this was part of the struggle in our first episode which is like who do we keep and who do we get rid of because you know in, in real life you have these incredible attachments to these players you don't want to just turn them loose for pennies um just because they're not gonna get you where you want to go but in fifa it's all it's all numbers baby you gotta you gotta put your logic hat on and yeah you know make make those calls with your brain <laughs> yeah so I, I want to take a, a, a little step back and just introduce ourselves yeah, okay. first um, and just kind of, you know, get everybody on the same page with us. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not that exciting, but mm. um, if, if you're going to listen to you know, four or five hours worth of us talking, we should probably yeah. at least have some kind of basis for who the heck we are. <laughs> I am Will Shingleton. I am one of the producers, writers, and editors of Career Mode Theater. And my actual job is actually very similar to this job. I am a podcast producer and just general content creator. And Dave and I have known each other since we were in college together. And FIFA has always been a part of that. Yeah, like I said, this isn't terribly dissimilar to what I do every day. So it's just a lot sillier. And on the other hand, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm David Coggin, and I uh, don't do this on a daily basis unless we're talking about playing FIFA, in which right. I probably do. Um, but this is the first time I've ever done anything even close to a podcast, anything even close to like an audio content creation. I, I do a little bit of uh, I do a little bit of photography on the side, but it's just amateur stuff. But uh, <laughs> My day job is uh, a traffic engineer, so nothing to do with, <laughs> yeah, not really the creative type, but I've kind of leaned to that direction a little bit the last few years, and so I've, I've enjoyed a lot of it that I did. So as far as my FIFA history, right? <laughs> oh dear. So the first, I, I got my first uh, Xbox 360 in 2007 so FIFA 07 was my first year of FIFA. Always remember your first. Yes absolutely um, it was I think it was the first year that they had the arena mm -hmm. uh, but my first career mode was with Leon which I'd say it went pretty poorly um, but again first try. <laughs> so it is the 07 Leon that would have been uh, right in the middle of their title streak so they had, just really like, they had just won like seven in a row i think mm -hmm. something like that uh, i want to say uh jeremy tulalon was mm -hmm. oui. uh, playing for them uh juninho mm -hmm. i won uh kim kelstrom mm -hmm. is was on this the squad right. the, yeah. the famous uh i only played in the FA cup final for arsenal even though i was there for four months 
brought him with a broken back. Kareem Benzema was on that squad. Young baby Benzema. Fabio Grosso, the World Cup star for Italy. And yeah, just a lot of basically the best of the French players that couldn't go anywhere else at that point. And then after that, I started going the direction of like building the tiny clubs in England because it had, it was the only league with four divisions for a long time. (laughs) It still is, but now Germany has three and you can kind of build up out of that one, which has been my most recent solo project. (laughs) Yeah. Tell the people about Ingolstadt and and how how far you've gotten. (laughs) Die Schanzer. I hope I'm not, uh, I hope my accent isn't too uh, revealing of where I'm from. I don't think we have any German fans yet. Yeah. They're coming. Yeah, that's that's an, uh, another aside. Is It's probably an upset to find out where we are from. Yeah. Uh, but anyways. Uh, <laughs> we'll leave that for later. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're doing all this. It might ruin our credibility. <laughs> um, not that we had any to start with. But anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Ingolstadt. So I decided I wanted to do a, uh, you know, classic RTG Road to Glory with a German squad. And I just went through like I usually do and whose jerseys do I like and who, like what club name can I live with for Lord knows how many seasons. (laughs) And so I have, uh, I've tried to be slightly realistic, but that always just, kind of goes out the window when, you know, you get one or two easy transfers and then you're off and running. Um, you just get the taste and you just, just got to have more. Yeah. It just, it's just how it goes. And then you get the youth Academy going and it just, before you know it, you created a machine, but this is really the first time that I've challenged myself in terms of like, like difficulty. Um, Cause I mean, I'm no, I'm no all-star FIFA player at all by any stretch. I've just played for a long time. <laughs> But this is the first time I've really been like, all right, I'm going to go like, like I'm going to let myself lose a lot here (laughs) and see if I get canned. But I ended up moving up through two or three difficulties the first season, like two, probably two higher than I usually play at and like ended up winning a good bit. And then I think by the third or fourth season, the first season in the Bundesliga was real, real tough. Uh, finished low to mid table and uh, basically was just trying not to get relegated. But uh, yeah, it's been a nice project. And uh, I think 2025, 2026, I finally edged to Bayern Munich to win the championship. But it just, I know what it's like to play in Germany now as another club Mm -hmm. because I went unbeaten last season and had to pip them in the last two weeks um <laughs> because they they lost twice and it was to me <laughs> so uh man i feel sorry for everyone else like all the other clubs in germany i mean that it seems obvious but i really feel that now <laughs> yeah and it's the same way in fifa this is in real life and they just keep adding big pieces they just sign on it so great mm-hmm. job ea developers you did it you can't beat Bayern. As far as my FIFA journey, uh, it actually starts, I think you might be surprised by this. It actually starts in like 2003. I had uh, FIFA 2003 on the GameCube, which was a great game. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. 
I, I liked Liverpool at that time because that was literally the only, like, I liked the Beatles a lot. And I knew that they were from Liverpool. So I was like, yeah, sure, Liverpool. And I knew who David Beckham was. And this was right after he had transferred from Manchester United to Real Madrid. So naturally, I was like, the two things I know about soccer, I'm just going to bring them together. So my first order of business was to throw all of my transfer budget at Real Madrid to bring David Beckham to Liverpool to play with Michael Owen. I realize now that that would be blasphemous. <laughs> like people would riot in the streets of both cities, Manchester and Liverpool. <laughs> um, but I thought it was super cool. I also, you'll get a kick out of this, turned offside off because I was, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Like I said, um, didn't know anything about soccer. So, and you can also, that was the first game and possibly the last, I don't know how long they did this, but you could do off the ball controls. So if you hit Z, you could control somebody else. And so what I would do was I would get Beckham way back and then I would get Michael Owen, who was really quick and just run him up to the goal. And then no matter where their center backs were, I would just, you know, lob it over the top and Michael Owen would put in the goals. I went six and it was great. I was like, I'm the greatest FIFA player of all time. Uh, and then fast forward like seven or eight years to being in high school and credit to FIFA. I think this is a story for a lot of people in this country. I started playing like FIFA 10, I would say. I think Frank Lampard was on the cover of that. So I remember around that time, um, Klopp was at Dortmund. And like, I remember watching, it was one of the first years that they had the Champions League on big American television. And I was like, I don't know who the heck these guys are. And they, they were had some highlight show on Fox. And they were like, yeah, Champions League darling Dortmund. And like they showed the lineup and it was like Lewandowski and Royce and Mario Goetze and Piszczek and all these guys that we know now are like, at that point, they were one of the best teams in the world. So I was like, I don't know. Um, so playing FIFA really like got me from point A of like, I'm interested in soccer, but I don't know who these people are to point B where I could experience them in the game. Um, and a large part through career mode to where I could understand who the people were. So I, I think probably around FIFA 13 was when I started really heavily going into career mode. And at that point, you will also be very interested to know I played as Arsenal pretty frequently. Um, that was before I had decided which team I was going to support. And I was like, oh, Arsenal's cool. Like they've, yeah. they're in that. And this is why a lot of people in this country pick them is that they're, sort of in that tweener zone where you're like, they're very good, but they're not like, you're, you're not picking Man City. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. it's sort of a guiltless route. And so, I, and that was my logic picking mm-hmm. them. There was one where I had, I, I bought Julian Draxler because he was the big you know, young career mode stud. That, you know, I was always like three or four and Julian Draxler was like the dude from Shaka. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I bought him. And then that was also when they started wheeling out uh, youth academies. So you could draft a guy into your academy, raise him up. I don't know, I don't know if training was a thing yet, but like you could play him and just wait and he would eventually get really good. Yeah. I think that's the last thing that changed in career mode. Anyways. Draxler, I bought Lucas Mora, which uh, in hindsight was sort of ahead of my time. Those were my wings. And then I had this, I don't know if he was actually, if he was a youth academy product or he was a Drogba regen. Mm-hmm. But I had this like six foot two Ivorian tank of a striker that literally could not be stopped. Like he was so good. Yeah. Uh, 
and, and you get to that point in career mode, like you're five or six years in, especially if you start with a big team, like you look across your squad and you're like, I have all this money, but I literally can't buy anybody better than the team that I have currently. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was a big moment for me, FIFA 13 ish. And from there it just, and I, I think you have the same experience as well. Like even the very little changes from FIFA to FIFA, which is part of the frustration of people like you and I is like, just, just keep buying it. <laughs> like, here's the part where we uh put the have the uh guy buying a shirt yeah the guy receiving the same shirt that he's wearing yeah it's so little changes in between it but for me it's worth it especially career mode wise just because they have the updates of marcus rashford doesn't exist and then marcus rashford exists and he's one of the best players you can buy in the game probably this year would be and he's the literal like model of the entire narrative of a new yeah. game mode. <laughs> yeah. which i mean it, that's actually a good thing to talk about here because like the uh, journey the journey is, is kind of similar to what we're going for here of like a narrative within fifa um, yeah and at the end of the day it's just a decision tree and yeah. our and we can do whatever we want yeah in this in this respect so like i my the journey experience was like i played it a few times and i was like this is different. This is fun because it's different. But then one day it glitched out and quit and I just decided to never play it again. <laughs> Cause yeah. I, I just didn't care that much. Just went back to career mode. <laughs> yeah. And it was also like, yeah, that was kind of, and I did the same thing, like, you know, play the, the journey for a little while, but eventually, you know, just can't quit career mode. Like no matter how little bit attention they pay to it from year to year, no. I'll never quit you, career <laughs> No, I can't. I can't stop. <laughs> Let's talk about the episodes a little bit. Like, talk about like some of the storylines. Because I, I think at this point, we're two episodes in, are out in the world. We are through the end of the transfer window. Yeah. And so many things have happened. Like, literally, it, it's funny because, like, the, the first two episodes take up a month. And then the next two after that get us to Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's just so much narrative is packed into a small amount of time. But if Dave, you you know Arsenal, you know, a lot better than I do. If you if you were actually, you know, Adu or Sun Leahy or anybody with any kind of power over you know, just reshaping of the squad. I, I think Arteta at this point um is staying. Like I think he's he's yeah. universally been accepted as like this is this was a good good choice. Or, you know, at, at the very least, an upgrade on Emery. Um, yeah. But if, if you were in that decision-making chair, uh, compared to what we have done in our silly little world that we control, what changes do you think you would make? Yeah, so um, it's, it's funny. I would probably take a pretty different strategy um, because I love pretty much everything that Arteta, that Mikel has done, with the exception of... And this is obvious. Keeping David Luiz around, I would have uh, sent him packing as soon as possible. But I would have, uh, basically, I would do everything I could to keep Aubameyang. I probably wouldn't be too attached to Lacazette. Um, but basically, my strategy would be to take Alba and essentially make him the focal point of a youth youth-centric squad um, 
because again, we've sold, we've sold our, you know, prime goal scorers in the past and it has not gone well for us. Um, <laughs> we essentially sold the title to Manchester United when we sold Van Persie, which that uh, was a whole nother issue. Um, that's a, I can't even open that can of worms. I would pretty much do everything I could to, for that to not happen with Aba and then give these young guys as much playing time as possible. Because again, we don't want to make those same mistakes again because we have Serge Gnabry running around scoring goals for Bayern Munich. And we have like, like Danielle Malin scoring goals. Yeah, all over the place. You know, we, we gave up on guys like that too early. And, you know, those early days are painful. But when you get a, a man manager like Mikel and, like, I think he's got a lot of – he has so much more squad control than Emery did. Even Wenger in the later years, I'd say. You know, Wenger was lasting off of the um, – just the general respect for a legend. Um, nobody's gonna, <laughs> nobody but the fans are gonna really speak out against him. I would do a lot of the same things. I think he's doing an excellent job so far. Get the dead weight out, get anybody that isn't on board. If somebody wants to leave, go right ahead. That's, that's I don't care who it is, you know, but I would back the Brinks truck up to Alba and then let the rest sort itself out. Buy a new, buy a new central, de- central defense essentially, <laughs> and then go for it. Yeah. That, and that's my take. The, the, I, don't, I would be inclined to agree, especially in our life, just because the thing that happens in FIFA that does not all the time happen actually is Abba's 30, 31, somewhere in there. Yeah, I think he's almost 31. Yeah. So in FIFA, once you hit 31, 32, that rating just starts to drop off a cliff. Mm-hmm. And there's you know, not, not a ton of examples, but you know the – you know, I don't want to use Ronaldo as the only example, but you know, he's 35 and having one of the best seasons they've ever had. Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy is another example. I was about to say that. 33. He's yeah. 33 years old. Still yeah. scaring the hell out of anybody that tries to mark him. Like it's it's so dumb. Like we're like he's gonna go away after that. You know, after this title season. Like there's no way he can keep this up, and here he is five years later. <laughs> yeah, and so like. In real life, Alba could have five or six, not maybe being a little optimistic, but you know, four or five good years ahead of yeah. him. Yeah. And that's time certainly for mm-hmm. the Reese Nelsons and Kedia, yeah. that group, Bukai Saka, to catch up with him and be Premier League ready to the yeah. point that they can actually make some noise. So yeah, if I were to have a chat with an EA developer, I think that would be one of the things I would say. Is like it's not a it's not a hard and fast rule that everybody once they hit 30 is, you know, just over the hill and it's just a time bomb until they can't literally can't make it from one end of the pitch to the other without another legs falling off. (laughs) Like that's not. (laughs) I think one of my favorite things to see on the FIFA career mode Reddit is like a screenshot of Murtisacker from previous FIFAs when like he was probably a year or so in and his sprint speed was down to one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. Literally in a wheelchair out there. It doesn't mean one sprint speed. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, is it like a sundial? Like, is there really time for the earth to rotate once? Time for Murasaka to get from one end of the field to the other. 
yeah it, in my mind it's like those uh resistance parachutes yeah just bigger and bigger yeah older. <laughs> <laughs> getting he's, outrun by a sloth <laughs> yeah he's he's got like an entire hot air balloon behind him just yeah. holding him back the, the big friendly german yeah uh, he's one of, one of their assistant coaches now which is yeah he's moving on the bench about as much as he was on the field towards the end of his career yeah yeah well if he stands up no one else can see so unless he turns sideways (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about some of the the decisions we made in the actual career theater simulation um Mm. yeah because i I feel like there's going to be some some banter about them if, if there's banter about anything that we've done so far uh, right. so first of all selling Lacazette I think that's that's one of the, the key decisions which I for us was like we had that discussion early on yeah of like we, we were probably gonna have to sell at least one of them uh between Lacazette and Alba and I think Alba had priority and if we sold one we were gonna try and keep the other I think we actually even said that in one of the episodes yeah, we did because I think we, we talked about it and in his form, you know, recently notwithstanding, Lacazette is, is replaceable. Like he's, he's not, a, you know, Alba brings such a, a different game-changing level of skill and power and speed to that position. You know, it, it's not quite, you know, the Ronaldo level, but like it's in that same category, like Ronaldo Mbappe, like he, he has that kind of game-changing ability. Yeah, he, um, I mean, he can create his own. He yeah. can create his own goals, and like in a general sense, Lacazette needs help. Yeah, to do yeah, that, like, and he's great once he gets there. But he, you know, and his skills don't s- translate super well to FIFA. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, that, I totally agree on everything you said about both of them. Yeah, it's it's tough. And I think Sergio Aguero also has a similar problem in FIFA, like yeah. nose for the goal, ability to create space, um, yeah. yes. like touch in tight spaces. Like that's that's difficult to translate. However, Alba is as much of a beast on FIFA as he is in real life. And like the even in the short amount of season that we have showcased in the show so far, like he is dominant, and he's a threat pretty much every kind of way you want to score a goal. Like. He's got speed on the counter. If you're trying to do pullbacks, he's great in the air. He's good at holding a play. He's big and strong. So, yeah, that was definitely uh, – we say all of that, and we also know that at the end of episode two, we sell it. So, like, I, I think we, we made that decision pretty quickly, but just – Yeah, let me put on my uh, money sign glasses real quick. And, uh, <laughs> because that was 100% it for me or you know you could say 91 percent for me because yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. we had that early on offer from tottenham which i think we, we both lolled at because of the money first of all but also because it was tottenham that we're not going to sell you what no but yeah it was interesting uh, we know what happens of course once he he leaves in january which you know will be episode five and onwards trying to figure out how we replace him um but which is very fun i i can't i don't want to give away too much about how successful we are doing it but it uh it definitely creates a, a lot of space for uh fun narrative but yeah that was definitely a, a tipping point of our season so far was yeah 
that decision, which I, again, like we, we made it really quickly because like, you know, it was like, it's $113 million. Like we can, we can buy whoever we want. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's club changing money right there. Like, again, like, like we said in episode one, like sticking with our vision mm-hmm. or it may have been episode two, sticking with our vision of a long-term outlook and knowing the realities of FIFA, like you explained earlier, that he's not going to be around like this forever and getting 91 million pounds for a 30 year old is. Yeah. Not, for anybody like, not named Ronaldo is pretty yeah. unheard of. Nobody, nobody who is in a position that Arsenal is in right now would turn that down. Yeah. I guess uh, we can transition this into like some of our, our transfer dealings so far. Yeah. You know, sure. And we're, We'll, we'll definitely get a little, uh, there's always, you know, the malcontents out there that, uh, love to hate on every, uh, every post of anything, every video of anybody doing anything in career mode. It's like, Oh, that's not realistic. And so like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> some, some of our stuff is not realistic. Some of our stuff is not like the most original in the world. The concept is not the most original in the world, but the fact that we're putting our own spin on it, I think is really cool. And so basically our, the lens with which we're viewing our transfer policy is like, we want a little bit of realism. We want a little bit of fun. And we also need the narrative. You know, we want to make sure that we're not just making the same transfer over and over again. And our, our, like, we're just looking for the same player every single time. That's, that's not going to be fun. That's not going to make for good fun on the, on the pod, but uh, yeah, we want all, all three of those things and uh, players that are fun to play with. So that's, that's kind of what it is. And we, we want, you know, a few of those out there transfers that like kind of might raise some eyebrows as, Oh, okay. That's, that's pretty good. That's a really good fit for, for Arsenal right mm-hmm. there. But our main goal is not to be the most original in the world on it with our transfer policy. <laughs> yeah. And Again, like in in FIFA World too, like the timeline is different. Like even if the stats have been adjusted, like Victor Osman has been one of the the biggest, I don't know, maybe not most frequent transfer targets, replacing either Lacazette or Aubameyang in real life. And it looks like now he's going to go to Napoli. But right, um, if he in real life goes to Napoli for seventy something million dollars. Mm-hmm. Like in, in FIFA, his value is, you know, 15 or 20. And mm-hmm. you know, we've tried to stay as faithful to the actual transfer market values as we could. But th- like that discrepancy kind of makes it a lot harder to keep things realistic in a sense. Because I, I think the one that we would get the most flack for is buying Konate and Meccano at the same time. And for whatever it was, 40. For about 50 million. Yeah. yeah. Um, Plus Callum Chambers. Yeah. And like, I actually, I remember um, it's not totally unprecedented for a team to buy even two defenders. Like I remember Tottenham bought Kyle Walker and Kyle Naughton at the same time from Sheffield. So like these things do happen. Yeah. They don't happen very frequently, but it also, <laughs> like you said, working in with the narrative, we could have a, a nudge and a wink. Like we're Americans. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> um, just, 
point it by. I go back to my uh, David Beckham example from earlier. Like, shiny thing. I want shiny thing. Yeah. Like, um, give, me, give me. I'll take one of these and I'll take yeah. one. And, and like, you know, in, in the games themselves, like, Konate and Mukano are super fun to play with. Like, they, as, as far as defenders go, like, they're both it's almost like they've been playing together. It's almost like they've been playing together for a while. Yeah. And, and we get the, you know, Tottenham between 2017 and really 2016, 2019, you know, having Alderweireld and Vertonghen, like guys who play together at Ajax, like there is something to be said for, you know, pairing guys who have that level of um, familiarity. You can't just toss Socrates and Mustafi out there and be like, well, they're both good. Like, we'll see what happens. Like, Yeah, that's been empirically proven that that doesn't work. We've tried. <laughs> yeah, and there, there's a lot of examples of that. Um, yeah. But yeah, like that, that, that's yeah, kind of where yeah. the fun that we're looking for and the realism. Like, I, if Arsenal were presented with the opportunity to get both of those guys at once, like, didn't do it. <laughs> like, I mean, that's like 80 million pounds yeah. probably because I think Uva Makano's release clause is at least 40, yeah. um, something like that. And there's even talk that it would take 65, but obviously we would never do that. Yeah. But and then that's not even factoring in Konate, who he's he's got it still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't really know what he would fetch, but it would be probably somewhere similar to forty. More than we paid, but again, we're trying to find that sweet spot between. We, all, we also, and to balance that out a little bit, we all, we kind of also got shorted on Callum Chambers a little bit. Right. Yeah. It, it, Callum Chambers is not an eight million. He, I think he contributed like maybe eight or nine million to that, which yeah. he, he's worth. He'd go for you know fifteen or twenty on the open market. Yeah. If any, if his, if history is any indication, Alex Awobi went for forty, which is and <laughs> and, uh, and Ox went for forty, and at the time that was like a steal because we were just using him so wrong. But um, you know nowadays, you know you can argue whether that's a win or a loss. But anyways, yeah, it, there are going to be some discrepancies, but we'll. We're doing, we're doing what we can to uh, be kind with our bidding and not just rob everyone blind. <laughs> we also uh, contributed with sending Callum Chambers to RB Leipzig. Uh, contributed to one of the the funnier things about FIFA's transfer market is I and I'll just use an example of one that pops up later, um, in later on in, in the transfer window, we're trying to shore up our defensive midfield. And it's, it's, this doesn't, I don't think this will make it into the show, but we looked at Declan Rice. Because obviously, in real life, he's killing it. And he had a fantastic goal against uh, Watford today. But we're, you know, we're, we're going into the, the global transfer network, searching our players, and, you know, Declan Rice at Fortuna Dusseldorf. <laughs> we're like, what? <laughs> like, that doesn't, this it happens more now, but it, it's still like, <laughs> wild how many like been me playing for you know Valladolid or somebody like that and it's like this isn't been me plays for Burnley that's <laughs> not <laughs> I think my all-time favorite is wherever James Ward Prowse goes yeah in, in FIFA career because in ours he's at Lazio yeah <laughs> I, I'm picturing him like uh you know he finds out that he's been transferred from Southampton to Lazio. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's sitting in the, he, he loads up, you know, he, he gets on his phone 
and he loads up Duolingo and he's taking mm-hmm. Italian lessons. I, I just have that picture in my head and it's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's like James Ward, it's like English players and there's like really English players. Like James Ward Prowse is so English. Like just yeah. the, I'm just imagining him sitting in, you know, a, a cafe in Rome just all by himself. Like, I don't speak the language. Yeah. It's like the, uh, the scene from kicking and screaming. It's like, uh, how do you say spaghetti in Italian? Spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i got what about lasagna lasagna <laughs> italian's easy <laughs> uh, um, but yeah i think the funniest example of that i've seen is in my english dot career mode eintracht frankfurt has a tandem of three english players um, yeah. i believe it is james ward prowse and uh also ben davis mm-hmm from Tottenham <laughs> and there's and there's one more um, gosh it's it's another one of those guys that you look at and you're just like nah that ain't it Make any sense. <laughs> you know I think in our uh, edition Tottenham sell Ben Davis to Hoffenheim and just like <laughs> why does it make sense for either team like what are you doing <laughs> Ben Davis yeah. Had the worst season he's had since he's been at Tottenham. He's Welsh going to you know, Hoffenheim. Like, yeah. And, and yeah, last season, your trip goes to Atletico Madrid, but like that's, that's a very small percentage of that yeah. transfer ever happening. Yeah. I remember texting you when that happened. I'm like, this is such a FIFA what? transfer. Yeah. <laughs> such a FIFA career mode transfer. Yeah. <laughs> I think at that point, Tottenham were just like, we will sell him to anyone. Um, yeah. But which may be the case with Serge Aurier sooner rather than later. And I think the case of FIFA transferring and how realistic it is, is, is sort of when in Rome, you know, like if FIFA's going to play that game, we're going to play that game too. <laughs> You're going to be yeah. bouncing people to places that they would never play in a million years. Like we'll, we'll have some fun with it. Chelsea's going to go sign Hulk to be yeah. their main guy. They do, and it's wild. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he may or may not have uh, contributed pain to us in the future, anyway, so. yeah, we'll, get, we'll get to that actual that game in a later episode but yeah that was that was one of those things where we, I, we were just playing and like who's number nine for Chelsea and like, it's, it's Hulk like, oh God, that's Hulk <laughs> like, and you know they have Chelsea specifically you know they had the, the Falcao loan the Higuain loan the Maratta purchase loan don't know but um so they have dipped into the the wild and the wacky to you know they, they you know bought Davide Zapacosta. If you have a ton of money, you can afford to do that kind of thing. But yeah, that, that even for them, that was kind of wild. I think, I think Pato. They also brought in Pato one season just to you know why not with Chelsea? We can do that sort of thing. Yeah, um, got that oil money. Yeah, and they they sold uh, Tammy Abraham to Newcastle. Yeah, in the first. <laughs> That's another thing about. Uh, FIFA is especially in this one is I, a lot of the younger players from the Chelsea's and Manchester United's of the world get sold. Um, I think just because of their rating, like you know, you, you look up and Hudson Odoi is playing for Wolves or somebody like that. You're like, this doesn't that wouldn't happen. And it can be very tempting to try and take advantage of that. You know, I can get Ruben Loftus Cheek for like twenty million. Why wouldn't I do that? Um, right. So, yeah. 
mm-hmm. yeah, we, we try and shy away from, so there, there is some discretion on our part. And just like, yeah. we're not gonna, because FIFA opens it up to where like, if you wanted to do a swap deal for Mbappe, like that's within the realm of possibility, you know, have him a week after you take over Arsenal would not happen in real life, but FIFA is a world of possibilities. Whether those possibilities are going to be fun or you're going to like them, that is an entirely different discussion, but they are there. So with that said, give us your feedback. Kill, you know, kill us out there on our, Please. our, our transfers. Yeah, if it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> we will, uh, we'll, uh, we'll be that Elmo fire meme. Just reading all of the hate comments, all, all two of our hate comments that we will ever get. <laughs> we are available on a bunch of different platforms. We have an Instagram, we have a Twitter, uh, we, we get on Reddit every now and then. We also have YouTube content. This episode will be aired on YouTube. It will also be posted on our actual just career mode theater proper podcast. So wherever you get podcasts, whether that's Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor, any of them. It's all there. So, Dave, this was lovely. Thank you yep. so much for joining me. We will do it again, hopefully next week. We're going to try and do this regularly. It's not, you know, the question of the fortnight. It's question of the week. So hopefully uh, we, we can get it out into the world that quickly. But unfortunately, Dave has a real job. So we have to, to work around that a lot of the time. It was weird. I had social engagements uh, every night this week. So I like wow. I got way behind on everything, so I got to do some catching up on uh, all things FCMT. FCMT, baby!